is from the words that we end off the Mizmor Tehillim, the 27th chapter in Tehillim that we say now every day in the month of Elul. And the words, there's a lot of different reasons why we say it. One of the main ones is just even this Pasuk, Lulei Hemanti, Liros Betul Hashem. Lulei is the same letters as Elul. There's a lot of different connections between this chapter in Tehillim to what's going on in the month of Elul. But I was thinking about this when I, I finally, actually after I'm 35, I've probably been saying this consciously for about 20 years by now, maybe 22 years. I finally asked myself, I'm going to stop for a second and, and wonder what do these words mean? Because every year I never understood. What does this mean? Lule heman tidros betul Hashem be'etz chayim. Kavel Hashem chazak v'mesibarad v'kavel Hashem. What does it mean, Lulei Hemanti? So, you know, <clears throat> we're now at the end, right? We're at the, the end line right now, right? Remember Rosh Hashanah? Remember all the dreams? Remember all the thoughts, what you thought this year was going to be like? And remember in your heart, you, me, we might have said, this year, this has to happen. This year, this hurdle has to be crossed over. Or this year, you better do this. And if not, I don't know if I can show up again, right? So we say, at the end of the year, Say, if I didn't think, if I didn't believe, had I not believed that I would see the goodness of Hashem, there's no way I would be standing here saying these words, which means... In, inside of my inside, with all the tnaim, with all the conditions I made with God, with all the conditions I made with, forget God, chas but forget God for a second, with all the conditions I made with myself, of who I have to become this year, all the expectations I had of those places I'm expected to be. Inside of the inside, lulei hemanti, it must be, whether I understand it or not, that I believe that I'm going to taste and see the goodness of Hashem, and that's what it means to live in Eretz Achayim, a land of being alive. <coughs> and then once I see that I'm much stronger than I thought I was, <laughs> Now, let's attain the courageousness, the courage of the heart, Yamit, to be, to have a lev amitz, a courageous heart. Chazak And you keep on hoping, you keep on praying. Because you remind yourself, I thought my conditions were supposed to be met, and if they weren't, I would be out of here. You never had that before? You stand before God and say, if this doesn't happen, there's no way you and I can be intimate again. There's no way. And then what happens? You're still here. It's because you believe, we believe, our neshamas do believe deep down inside, we will be living Eretz Achayim, we'll be living in the land of the land of life to truly be alive. So let's sing one more time. Lule Hemanti. Oi Lule Hemanti. Lido is betu Hashem. Lido is betu Hashem.
All right, welcome everyone. Such an honor and such a simcha to be back here after so long. I feel like we haven't learned here in so so long. So I'm so honored to be I'm so honored to be back here with my with our baby with our baby girl <laughs> who's here who's just uh, seven seven weeks old eight weeks old. <laughs> but who's counting, right? Nine years old. Nine weeks old. <laughs> Nine weeks old. Um, so, I want to dedicate tonight's learning in honor of her life, Eretz Achaim, <laughs> in honor of her life. And I have some very, very, very special... I have some very, very, very special friends that are here from New York, from, from Beverly Hills, from all over the place. And uh, it's a very, very special, special thing tonight. I also... Um, it's a very heartbreaking night for me as well, as uh, a friend of mine passed away last night, a very famous musician, Yossi Piamenta, and uh, is, is Levaya's after Shir. So I want to dedicate tonight's learning in his memory. Yosef Ben, uh, well, his, we were saying his mother was Genya, but I'm not sure what his Ava's name is. Yosef Ben Avram, this is a Yid that said to Hillen, the whole Sefer to Hillen, every single day. He finished the whole book of Tehillim. Spent time with him in studios, concerts, backstage. He was saying Tehillim all day long. Just all day long. Saying David Amelot's outpouring of the heart. So, it should be for his Elohim Neshama. And also, when I did it, when I do the learning for the Refuel Shleim of, of Rabbi Zevlef, who needs our tefillahs right now very badly. Uh, Rab, do you remember the name? Oh, thank you. To Rebzeb Yaakov Moshe Ben Chaya Shlever of Shlema. Moshe David Ben Geto. So Rev Kabas Sasha. Sasha. And for continued Rev Shlema, Leadvor Kivisia Bas Chaya. And uh, my father's little thing, he wants to make sure we dive in strong. Avshalom Ben Chaya Koin. So there's a lot. I want, to share, I want to share a story with you that this year and every year in Elul, I don't try to find deep words and then find a story. I feel like in order to even approach Elul and give Elul a hug and let Elul hug me, which is a whole nother level, to let Elul hug you. Every year we say Elul is the Gimatria Bina. It's, there's a lot in that Gimatria. Usually we do everything level of Chochmah, but Elul, everything has to be through Bina. So I want to share a story that for me has allowed me to hug Elul, and it's kind of like allowed Elul to hug me, if that's okay. At one time, this person came up to Reb Chaim of Sanz, famous Sanz of Rebbe the Divrei Chaim, the great, one of the absolute greatest, not just geniuses, but the greatest, not just Yidin, the greatest, one of the greatest human beings in the world smartest, deepest, wisest. And this Yid came up to Reb Chaim of Sanz and said, Rebbe, I am so poor. I have nothing. I married into nothing. We can barely afford anything. Forget about Shabbos. On a Monday morning to have milk and there's nothing. My in-laws completely broke. They lost everything as well. My children are starving. We're completely broke. I, I don't know what to do. So the sons of 
So he says, come, come here for a second. He looks at him, looks him in the eyes, and he says, okay, listen. Over there in this town, right next to us, there's this, there's this very wealthy man. He's a miser. <laughs> Doesn't give to anything. Whenever we, but I think maybe now he'll probably, I think, I think this is your shot. Go to him and ask him for, for some, some money. So this Yid goes to this, this miser in the neighboring town, and he asks him for some guilt, and he gets, for the first time, this miser gave this guy some tzedakah. When he's traveling back through sands, so the Rebbe sees him, he says, oh, whatever his name was, Yehuda, Yerachmiel, whatever his name was, he said, so you, did you get the money? He said, yeah, I actually did. It's weird, because you said this guy's a miser, doesn't give anything. He says, come here again. Look at me again. He says, you're not married, right? He says, no. He says, you don't have any children, do you? He says, no. He says, so that means you don't have a mother-in-law that's poor either, right? He says, no. So the Sanze, Sanze looks at me and says, you're Manish, a professional ganav, aren't you? You're a professional thief, aren't you? He says, well, yes, but how on earth did you know? He says to the sons of Eddie. He says, see, it was very simple. I told you to go to a guy, such a stingy miser. This miser never gives for anything that's important and that's meaningful. But I wanted to see how stingy he was and how fake you are. So the only time this rich man gave was to something completely unimportant and meaningless. Now, Reb Shlomo had said this story while he was trying to give over a very strong Torah, but no one was really listening. But then Reb Shlomo stopped for a second and told a little joke, and suddenly the room was quiet. And then he told the following story. Okay, so what, 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 what just happened with that story? Why did he say that? When it comes to that which we really need to work on, it's the hardest thing in the world to give our neshamas some tzedakah. When it comes to all things that aren't that critical and that don't really touch the core of what we need to work on, we're the greatest bali tzedakah in the world. We attend to work like it's no one's business. We're ready to work on all the things in the world that don't really matter. But when it comes to those things that matter the most, we have the hardest time opening our pockets, meaning opening our hearts, and giving tzedakah and being chesed with that which we need the most. And if there's one thing about Elul that is maybe correlating to the concept of Bina as opposed to Chochmah, Chochmah is to attend to all those things that I could work on here and there. I could work on it all year long. Attending to the work of Bina is something completely different. It's going to all those places that I leave for different times, that I leave for moments that I really need to do the root, root, root work on myself. And that's why in the month of Elul, you realize that every single thing is important. So, 
I've been thinking about this story since I, since I read it, since I, I was going over a transcript about it. I was thinking about all those moments in this last year when I had a concept of what it means to be good to myself. And I'm asking myself, was I true? Was I really good to myself? Or was I just a rich miser that decided to give money to someone that's fake? Or to something that's meaningless? And in Elul, the tshuva of Elul, tshuva is all year long, but the tshuva of Elul was, is, will be, forever, was I really good to myself? And the answer is almost always no. And the avodah of the month of Elul is preparing myself for 30 days, really for 40 days, so that by the time God says to us on Yom Kippur, Salachti, I forgave you, I'm ready to have a new understanding of what it means to be good to myself. That's what I'm doing. That's what Maishu Rabbeinu was begging God for 40 days while he was up on the mountain from Rosh Chodesh Elul till Yom Kippur, bringing down the Yud Gimel Mido Tarachamim, the 13 attributes of mercy, saying to God, Ribona Shalaylam, these Yidlach think they know what it means to be good to themselves. Have Rachmanis. Have compassion on them. They really think they know what it means to be good to themselves. They thought that by making a golden calf, that would be something that's good for them. They really thought so. Your Torah has to reach much, much, much deeper. Because we need, this coming year, we need a really strong, new, fresh, a, a new that's old, we'll get to that in a second, a new breath of air, which instills within us what it means to be good to ourselves. Having said that, you do not even pretend that you can go into Elul without Rabbi Nachman. Now you need all the tzaddikim, obviously. You need all of them. You, you, you can't. You can't pretend. Like, you can do a lot of nice soul work and everything. But without Rabbi Nachman's teachings, it's not, it's, uh, you could only, I, I really feel that you could only go so far when it comes to understanding what it means to be good to yourself. Absolutely what it means to be good to yourself. So before we go into the words of tonight, in the text, in the Kutei Eitzos, on El, it's based on the 145th teaching in the Kutei Maharan. I want to read you one line. Rabbi Nachman says, Elul mesugal lamul et orlat levavo. Elul is capable of circumcising the orla of the heart, the foreskin of the heart. Ad sheyasim elibo v'yargish heitev ke'ev chatav be'emes. Until a person allows himself to sincerely feel the damage, the pain that his averas have, that his sins have done to him. Based on these words and what Elul is all about, the bris mila of all bris milas, circumcising the heart, I have to share. I'm share. I'm honored to share with you a very short piece of Reb Shlomo that he taught in Elul 1974 here in Yerushalayim. It's based on a much longer piece, which we're going to be continuing this piece 
when we learn again, I think it is um, September 2nd, that's two weeks, seventh, two weeks from tonight, yeah, yeah. Next, next Monday night, Be'ez HaShem, I'll be in, in Uman, so this is very special for me, and if anyone wants to send names, Davin for, be more than happy to, so, what? I'm sorry? You're invited to come along. Fit you in the Ukrainian luggage. What is the source? The Kutei Chodesh Elul. And in the Kutei Maran, it's Torah Kuf Mem Hey, 145. Those of you who are learning with us for the first time this text in English, or those of you who have learned a lot of Rabbi Nachman, please understand, Rabbi Shlomo's understanding of Rabbi Nachman is very, very different than whatever you're accustomed to. It's something completely different. Um, and each person will understand why when you learn it. And also, please don't go ahead in the text, especially since it's just it's very short tonight, but it's very to the point. Rabbi Shlomo says, like, did it reach? Did it reach the back? Yeah. Rabbi Shlomo says like this. What is it that happens to us during the month of Elul? In Elul, we begin to understand things we didn't understand before. But, it's not the type of comprehension we are used to. And here I want you to open your hearts. Now, I'm sure you've heard him by now say that many, many times, correct? If you've ever learned Reb Shlomo, you'll hear those words, open your hearts. Reb Shlomo is not offering a nice tip of advice. He's almost saying this is a prerequisite. You must open your hearts in order to connect, to understand what's going on in here. How you open your hearts, maybe we'll do that a little bit later, but for now, just know that's, that's a complete must. I guess, you know what, he gave us a hint, for, actually, how you open your hearts. Because he said over here, it's not the type of comprehension we are used to. What does that mean? Open your heart. So open your head is like, okay, let me stop thinking about everything else, right? That'd be open my head. But open your heart, let me stop feeling everything else. You can't just stop feeling everything else. So be open that opening your heart is a different avodah. It's something different than opening your head. Now he says like this. We always think that doing tshuva is to regret the bad and to want to do better. But this is only on the outside. And now he's not knocking it. When the Rambam says that charata, regret, is a key component in the process of tshuva, if Shlomo is not saying over here, nah, that's for, that was, that's old school, new school, nah, you don't need regret. He says, of course you need regret. That's obviously part of it, but not the way that we're accustomed to understanding regret. And he says, it's on the outside. The charata is the beginning stage. But regret is not yet penetrated into the heart. Look what he says here. Again, we always think that doing tshuva is to regret the bad and to want to do better. But this is only on the outside. The tshuva of the inside is when I begin to understand the depth of my life much more. It's when I understand the depths of Yiddishkeit on a much deeper level. Okay. I want to ask you all a question. And you do not need to answer out loud. 
but it's worth it to answer your own neshamas as we're getting close to Rosh Hashanah. Do you have a deeper understanding of your own life, this Elul, compared to last Elul? Do we, even, do we even understand what that means to have a deeper understanding of our lives? What does it mean to have a deeper... What do you think? Uh, this I'd love to hear. What do you think it means to have a deeper understanding of your life? Yeah? To be more connected to your goals. I'm sorry? Maybe to be more connected to your long-term goals. To be connected to your long-term goals. What happens if you don't reach your long-term goals? Does that, does that mean you're not connected to your life? But you're on a path. You know, where you know a bit more where you're going. So to be connected more to the, pr- the journey towards the goals. Being happy with, okay. with your life. Being, being happy, happy with your life? So that means being happy with your life is having a deeper understanding of your own life. Okay, so let's continue. I think it's also the I, I think that you can understand also of like etz adat where it's tama etz ketama pri how the derech is supposed to be just as important as the matara sofit. You're always okay. doing. Okay, Bear, like he's done many many times, <laughs> has hit bullseye into what we're trying to aim to. Um, I've missed you very much. Dov Bear and I used to learn a lot, but now he's been serving Am Yisrael. He's not just putting that on because he thinks it's cool. He's actually serving <laughs> He's serving in the army. Um, you know, there's a whole Torah Reb Shlomo has and based on Rav Charlap, who bases it on Rav Kook, in Parshat Shlach, regarding Tam Ha'etz Ketam Ha'tri, that it really, the per- it used to be, it was intended in Garden of Eden that the branch and the fruit itself would have the same taste. Meaning that which leads towards the fruit would also taste as good as the fruit itself. But there was a separation in the Garden of Eden after Adam and Chava blemished with the sin of Eitzadat, of the Tree of Knowledge. And all we're trying to do in this world, on a very, on the surface, we're not going too deep, is that the Tam Ha'etz Ketam Ha'pri that the bark, that the branch, that our journeys in life taste as sweet as the goal. That's why I, that's why I, I, was, I was having fun with you with, before, because, because the taste of the fruit is givat. But if the taste of the branch is only bitter, until I reach the taste of the fruit, then I'm only living on a goal-oriented life, where the easiest thing in the world for me is to give every reason to give up at any given second. It's the wrong looking of this life as an Islam. Yes. In answer to your, your question, I'd like to suggest that being closer to myself is understanding that being close to myself is being close to my source, being close to Hashem. That my that my, my neshama and is one with Hashem and the closer I feel that, that Hashem is the center and not me which is what appears to me is a delusion, mm-hmm. to that extent I'm getting closer to myself. Okay, that's, that's beautiful and it's right. But correct me, I want to give a parish to what you just said, okay. so that we could do something with what you just said. Being closer to Hashem, being the center of my life, means that I find Hashem in every minute of my journey, as opposed to just tasting Hashem when I've reached the goal. We're cool with that? Okay. So when Rib Shlomo says over here, 
tshuva of the inside is when I begin to understand the depth of my life much more. Everything Ray said right now is just one perush. It's just one understanding of what it means to taste the depth of my life. The tshuva of Elul is when I look back at what I've gone through this year and where I'm at right now, has it brought me any more closer to the moment-by-moment experience of meeting Hashem? No moment-by-moment, the argument-by-argument, the fight-by-fight. Some people would call this the opportunity within opportunity. Some people would say that. That's very high level to reach, but to feel like that would be the ultimate, right? That every single moment is an opportunity to be able to taste life on a deeper level. But then Rabbi Shlomo adds one more line. And I love when he does this because it makes me feel from. We always like feeling from, right? We always like feeling from. It's when I understand the depths of Yiddishkeit on a much deeper level. So what does that mean? Look what he says in the next paragraph. For instance, let's say I didn't keep Shabbos. I regret I didn't keep Shabbos, and now I keep Shabbos, right? <laughs> so that's one level. That's the charata. I regret it, and now I started keeping Shabbos. And anyone that tells you, unless you're not feeling Shabbos fully, and you're just keeping Shabbos like a robot, it's not worth keeping Shabbos, has no idea what he's talking about. Because we have a Munas Chachamim, we have a concept of the Torah's Torah's Chaim, and every word that's written in the Torah is the ultimate truth. And my goal is to connect the two between that which is written and that which I would choose to write today. And the sweetness is that when they're both the same thing. Now look what he says here. Again, for instance, let's say I didn't keep Shabbos, I regret I didn't keep Shabbos, and now I keep Shabbos. But suddenly I realize that there was no way I could be a Yidala without keeping Shabbos. Understand how the truth of the inside works over here? It starts with regret, which leads to what we call Kabbalah al-Haba, which the Rambam speaks about too, acceptance upon myself for the future. But that's all in order to lead me to a complete, clear, clear place in my heart that what? There's no way I could be a Yidla without keeping Shabbos. There's just no way. You know, you have that with relationships in your life as well. That you regret so much that you did wrong to someone. So you, re- you have to regret it, and then you take upon yourself, I'm going to be so much more patient with that person. And my heart's going to reopen to that person, right? So then when you do that, and you taste again a deeper level of connection with someone, you turn back and you say, who am I kidding? How, how could I have thought that I can get through in this life without that person? That's tshuva of the inside. That's tshuva of the inside. This is maltem et orlat levavchem, that you circumcise the foreskin of your heart. It works from the outside, and it goes in. Usually we work from the inside out. Here it's almost thing because this business is so tricky with tshuva that you have to start with some kind of moment of regret. But you think the Rambam would say a real sincere Yidla is one who only regrets and accepts for the future. You don't, think the Ram, you don't have to be the Rambam to write such words, right? Of course the Rambam means meaning miles and miles deeper than that. So everything that we just said right now is based on the next situt, the next quote from Likutei Eitzes Rebbe Nachman. Rebbe Shlomo says, how does this happen? How does all this happen that we just described? Listen to what Rebbe Nachman says. Chodesh Elul hu hazman ha-mesugal l'iskot l'da'at. 
And we'll translate it afterwards. Dehainu sheizke leida ulehavin ma shelo haya yodea mitchila. Ve'al yedeze zoche lelevushim chadashim lenishmato. These words are. I ble. I, I, I want. Can I give a little like a uh, little musar elul right now? It's okay. A lot of fluff tshuva, but now let's do some musar tshuva. You up for that too? What do you think I'm gonna say? What do you think? What, what would I say? What's the only musar I would ever dare give? <laughs> That's just begging you. But one on a, on a very like tachlis level, what would I tell you after reading that? You have to learn Hebrew. You ha- there's no other way. You, you have got to learn Ivrit. You have to feel at home with the words, with the text inside. It's a must. So I'm going to just do a very, like, like Rav Shlomo would say, a King James translation of Rav Nachman for now. Just on the, on the outside of the outside, and then we'll go inside, okay? Chodesh Elul hu azman liskot ledat. Rav Nachman says, all year long, there's certain moments that are very special times to attain a certain something. In the month of Elul, what's the specialness what is open for us to attain, to merit, during the month of Elul? Da'at. Now, what's Da'at? Tell me, everybody. It's knowledge. Intimate. Huh? Intimate. Oh, King James. Outside, so we're not going deep yet. We're just saying on a very pshat, pshat level. Da'at means in the dictionary, not intimate knowledge. In the dictionary, there's no way in the world that a dictionary would say it means intimate knowledge. It means knowledge. Obviously, it means intimate knowledge. I'm just going on the outside and we're going to work in. Okay? But you're 100% right. I'm just going on the outside. Continue. Dahainu sheyiz. Reb Nachman's going to give a definition of that. What does dahainu mean? Dahainu means, which means, sheyizke leida ulehavin. That a person will merit to, uh, to know and to understand. Something which he didn't know before. Do you know how much of our existence is based on thinking that everything that I know is all there is to know right now in this moment? You'd never admit it, because that's the most arrogant, pompous thing to ever say out loud, right? I know everything there is to know this minute. Well, if I really felt that there's always so much more to know at this minute, do you know how many of the negative emotions we wouldn't have anymore because we'd be open to the fact that there's something more than just what, that which we know right now. But this is very deep. Usually, without even realizing it, walk around thinking that everything that rests up here is all there is to know. Of course, if someone comes and asks you, do you know everything? You're not going to say yes. But if you subconsciously ask your mind, what would you say? Of course. Well, what's my name? Well, I don't know, but, well, you see, you don't, you know. You can start playing games with yourself. But if Nachman says, Elul is this time of Bitul, surrendering to the fact that you do not know everything. There's things you don't know from before. The Aliyadezah, and through this, and just giving the Pshat, Zochel Levushim Chadashim Lenishmato. And through this, a person merits new garments for his Neshama. Now let's go inside to where Shlomo takes these words. In my mind, I can understand more and still be the same person. Meaning, I can attain more knowledge and it could have zero effect on who I am. I could be the same exact person. 
That's when it comes to mind knowledge, to regular chokhmah. But this is only in my mind. And look what he says here. This is so precious. I've never seen anyone in Breslau say it like this. When my neshama knows more, I am a completely different person. When my soul knows more, something happens to me. You see, Shlomo was saying, when my mind knows more things, nothing necessarily changes inside of me. I could be the same exact person. But when my soul knows more, when it, and, and really, like you were saying, remind me your first name? Shaya. What Shaya was saying, when you said intimate knowledge, which means when my soul has more intimate knowledge of Hashem and of myself, and I want to say that that means to taste my neshama, to taste the Ribbon HaShleilam, I cannot be the same person. And here I want to ask all of you, which are the most defining moments of your lives, most defining transformative moments of your lives? If you're able to go deep down inside, you'll see that the moments which you tasted a little bit of your neshama, and the moment you tasted what the Ribbon HaShleilam has had in store for you forever, those moments are most <laughs> transformative. They're much more transformative than all the Sfarim you could ever learn. The goal, when we say Talmud Torah Keneged Kulam, that learning Torah is like equivalent to it, it's against everything, is that everything you learn touches you, not just your head, is that you've given your moach, you're submitting your mochin, your intellect, to emunas tzaddikim, to the dat of, whole, of our righteous sages. And when you're so lost in that, you begin to taste every... When God says, Vaidabra Hashem Moshe Lemur, it hits you like Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekeinu Hashem Echon. Like who? Remember the famous story? Remember the Rebbe Rebzusha? They were sitting in Shir one time by the Magad of Mezrich. Reb Moshe Leib brings this down in the Sefer, Chidush Reb Moshe Leib. They say they were learning one time. They were sitting around in Mezrich and they were learning. Maybe they were learning Parashat Shlach, because that's how it starts. And before they know it, everyone hears a huge clap on the floor. And they look and they see that Zusha fainted and fell on the floor. It took him a long time. They threw some water on him. Shook him up a little bit, you know, tried to smack him around a little. He says, Zusha, what's, what's, what's going on with you? He said, in the, one of the versions I heard is he said, he looked at all the students of the Magad of Mizrach and he said, didn't you all hear what I heard? He said, well, we think so, but what did you hear? He says, God spoke to Moshe. God spoke to Moshe. And he fainted again. When he thought about the fact that God spoke to that person who's transmitting to me all the Torah I'm learning. You see, for him, what tasted Vaidabir Hashem Moshe Lemur? His mind? No. Because if it's just his mind that tasted Vaidabir Hashem Moshe Lemur, he could say, I know that God spoke to Moshe. When I taste that God spoke to Moshe, how could I not faint? How could I not faint? This is, again, this is the Orla Salev. This is the Orla Salev. This is the, this is the foreskin of the heart that we have to do a bris on in the month of Elul, if you want to taste anything. So here the Shlomo continues. 
He says in the second line over here, when my soul knows more, suddenly something happens to me. You see, Reb Zusha's soul knew more in that shir, not his mind. He knew by Darash anywhere for 30 years. Chodesh Elul is not the time when my head or my heart knows more. This is amazing. Here he's saying, even your heart. You know, you always think the ultimate is when the heart... There's something deeper, which is called Yechida, which is the soul itself, that it tastes something. You see, the heart, we actually, we're very careful about the heart feeling things. We're, we're, very, we're very, very careful about it. How do we know that Chazal made sure, the Torah made sure we'd be very careful of our heart feeling things? Well, we say in Kriyat Shema, right, we say in the third piece of Shema, the heart could take you a lot of places. But when the soul tastes something, it's even deeper than the heart taking something. You know, in Lubavitch, it's one of the classic confrontations between the school of Lubavitch and the school of Breslov. The Rebbe Rashab, it's a whole long story, but in the Tanya, it's, it talks about that the goal of man is that the moach should be shalit al-halev. That the moach, the intellect, should somehow be shalit, be a... Uh, a governor, yeah. Governing over the heart. Uh, Rabbi Nachman works many times the other way around. It's not so much to get into it right now, but for us, I just want to say, there's the moach tasting something, there's the heart feeling something, and then there's the, the neshama itself that tastes something, which is infinitely greater than all of that. Chodesh Elul is not the time when my head or my heart knows more, but it's when my neshama begins to know so much more. When my neshama knows more, then so to speak, my neshama has new levushim. My soul has new garments. And I truly become a new person. And then he says something very, very deep. What is it that's taking place inside of me when my neshama, when my soul begins to know so much more? I regret all year long what I did wrong. Shlomo says, that's not a chidrashi. All year long I regret what I did. I always want to do tshuva. Like every day I say, Slach lanu avinu, ki chatanu, lanu malkinu. Hopefully I regret at least three times a day. I always want to do tshuva. But if Shlomo says here, what happens to me in Chodesh Elul is that the regret doesn't just make me feel real. It mamish hurts me. This is candy. I want to say that line again, and I want you all to focus very clearly on these words. Here he says, What happens to me in Chodesh Elul is that the charata, the regret that I go through, doesn't just make me feel real, it mamish hurts me. Okay, so look what he did here. Usually what do we say about charata? A person that's man enough to regret, what does he feel? A gevel or gvelet, whatever it is, he feels real. People feel real when they're, on the, when they're high enough, or they feel like they're holy enough to say, I regret doing something bad. That's good for all year long. You should always feel that you regret. But in the month of Elul, you know what comes with the regret? Remember how we learned Reb Nachman in the beginning tonight? The regret leads you to feeling the pain of that which you've done to yourself, which is a whole bigger, higher, more exalted and meaningful level than just being able to say, I regret. 
You ever meet people that they're so big, they're so full of self-esteem, and you could tell that the, the modern world of Western psychology has made so much money off them because they can come up and say, I don't regret anything I did because it made me who I am today. And you're sitting there thinking, Mazel Tov, what's this big simcha of who you are today? You're so happy. You're so full. You're so complete. And Shlomo says, you have to have charata. Rambam says that too. But here he's saying, Rabbi Nachman says, with charata, with regret, comes feeling the pain of all those things you did to yourself. And if you flee, if you run away from that, you'll have a whole other Rosh Hashanah filled with going through emotions. The shofar will be blasting through your ear, but you know what will happen? It won't be blasting through your soul. Because when the shofar comes and blasts through your soul, you receive, like Reb Nachman says, new levushim for your neshama, new garments for your neshama. Your garment, your clothing, your soul with newness. So look how he ends off here. To understand what it means that you finally feel the pain. Reb Yitzchak of Berdichev would always yell when he would daven. He would yell with his heart and soul. One day a misnaget came up to him and asked him why he yells so much during davening. And Rebbe Yitzchak didn't answer. So a few days later, this is, by the way, this is a very non, not a classical Rebbe Yitzchak story. You'll see why. I'm kind of shocked about this story. One day, a, mis- um, a few days later, Rebbe Yitzchak goes up to this man and gives him a strong <coughs> zetz. You know what a zetz is, right? <laughs> like a pinch or a poke or, yeah. A few days later, he gives him the strong zetz, and the guy starts screaming, Oi! Then he gives him an even stronger zetz, and this misnaget yells even stronger, Oi! So Yitzchak asks him, What are you yelling about? So he says, Because it hurts. Ah. Ah, you're yelling because you feel that it hurts you, huh? You see what it is, Rav Shlomo says, in the month of Av, I'm in pain as part of Am Yisrael. It hurts because of the Churban Beis Migdash, But my own stuff doesn't hurt me so much. You know, you don't sit crying on Tishabov saying, Oh my God, the fact that I didn't believe in myself is why we're crying tonight. The fact that I ate a little bit of non-kosher pizza this year is why the Churban Beis... You're crying because all of Am Yisrael is homeless and because God is homeless. It's a very... It's, it's a very communal thing. But that's only the crying over the base of Mignesh. is only to get you in touch enough with your emotions to be able to be an Elul and to cry over that which you've done to yourself. My own stuff, Rib Shlomo says, doesn't hurt me so much. In Chodesh Elul, you begin to feel how much it hurts. But don't forget for one second that if you start to feel how much it hurts, it must mean that you are trying on new garments for your soul. This is so deep. You know, it's basically alter... What do you call it? Uh, alterations? When you buy a suit, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. Petruski says that when the lobster has to shed his, his shell, he goes behind the rock and his whole shell comes off because the shell doesn't grow. So uh-huh. when it starts to chafe, that's mm-hmm. when he knows he has to go shed his old shell and grow a new one, because mm-hmm. it's chafing. Hmm. 
it's not much the same thing over here. Um, I feel like, you know, this last, what, what he did over here is like, I believe it's like that story, you know, it'd be enough. The truth is, we could sum up the whole shear. And when I believe Yitzchak looked, turned to the guy and gave him a zetz, and the guy said, ow! And I believe Yitzchak said to him, why are you crying so much? And the guy says, because it hurts. And I just looked at him in the face. He says, do you understand? Do you understand what the Baal Shem Tov did to us? What was the chiddush of the Baal Shem Tov? That you should f- taste the closeness, and you should taste what it feels like to not be close as well so that you're aware of where you're at. You know, we've been learning Rav Kook all year long, the Chavr and Afrat. And the one definition we always come back to, kind of like the closest definition we can to understanding what Shuva is, has been the word alignment, to realign. We, we're in the car, we're driving, we haven't noticed for a long time that we've been driving against opposing traffic, but we just think because we're in the car, that means we're okay. Get into your lane, into your own lane, into your own nativ, that which is designated just for you. I want to remind us all something very important. This concept of realigning, realigning means not that everything is fine and I only feel closeness. Realigning is also feeling the pain as part of realignment. You know, it says in Chazal that every person has to know that person has to feel that the whole world was created just for him. You know, it's a famous Chassidish story. It's, it's said, I heard this say, being said about at least three different tzaddikim, so choose whichever tzaddik you want to insert to the story that they would walk. I heard about Reb Bekotzker, Reb Simcha Bunim, and I think Reb Tzaddik, whose yard site was today. That they, when they would walk, they had two pe- a piece of paper in each pocket, on one of the pieces of paper it says, Anochi Afar Va'efe, I am but dust and ashes. And on the other pocket it said, Kol Olam Nivra Bishvili, the whole world was created just for me. So I want to tell you how they say it in Slonim. And this is how I want to give us a bracha as we continue to plunge through into the depths of Elul. The Slonim, they say, every person has to believe that Kol Olam Nivra Bishvili, that's a very arrogant statement. The whole world is created just for me. Come on. The whole world's created just for me. So he says there, like he does so magically, Kol HaOlam Nivra Bishvili, which means Bashvil Sheli. In my Shvil, my Shvil is my path, my lane, my story. You see, if I'm not walking my story, whatever happens in the world has nothing to do with me. I don't, my, my Nishama is not tasting anything. My head is so busy tasting everyone else's Shvilim. That's what my head knows more of. Especially in today's social media, we know. I basically, if I wanted to right now, if I really tried hard, I could tell you what probably 40 of my friends had for breakfast today because of Facebook. If I tried really hard. My knowledge. Does that do anything to me? I only, my neshama, like Rib Shlomo said in the beginning, I begin to understand the depth of my life much more you know when? When I walk in my shvil. And when I walk in my shvil, it's going to hurt. When I'm out, you know, like you have today on the, when you drive, so on many highways, when you go out of your lane, they have that, that, that yellow, right? Right, so, like, that, that's like a huge azer. It's a huge, it wakes you up, oh, I'm getting up. How you find it? Huh? How you find your shvil? How do you find your shvil? 
That's like when you, if I was once in a shir and some rabbi gave a whole shir about Imuna, and at the end of the shir, like it was like Mamash a minute left, so I'm raised and he says, But what about the six million? You know, like, <laughs> how do you explain the six million? Like, how do you find your shvil? The same rabbi that said these words also said, Shahaikar talui baratzon. Haikar shahakol talui baratzon. How, you're fi- how you find your own shvil is only if you allow yourself to taste when it hurts and to taste when it's good and to differentiate between mind knowledge and soul knowledge. And if you ask yourself, if I do a big cheshbon nefesh, you know, I was once in by Lubavitch Rav, and in Chodesh Elul, when the Rebbe was alive, they would send dochs, a duach, din v'cheshbon. Every shliach would send the Rebbe Adin v'cheshbon, they'd write down all their hatzlachot and all their non-hatzlachot, all their successes and all their non and they would send it to the Rebbe. I don't, you know, it's not that the Rebbe would go and check them and say you were good or you were bad. Obviously, it was more for them. So when the Rebbe physically took off in 94, you'd think that minhag would stop because where are they going to write it for? You know, the real ones, they sit and they write it even deeper. My wife and I, about five... I think five years ago, Rosh Hashanah, we were in Melbourne, we were in Sydney, Shabbos for Rosh Hashanah. We were staying in a suite, Rev, Rav's house, remember he was davening Shachris like four in the afternoon, Sunday afternoon, you remember that? The, I remember the day after the concert. So um, I saw he was sitting down, writing so intensely, writing down so, as if he was preparing like, Mamish, the sermon of all sermons. That's what, what, what do rabbis do? They prepare sermons, right? So he's sitting, he's writing so intensely. And I find I didn't want to bother him. Yanki, what are you doing? Writing my din v'cheshman. So what do you mean? It's like, I want to see if I'm closer to my own neshama this year. Not if my, not my success is that this, I had 15 people put on filling today and I wanted 25. Din v'cheshman, our din v'cheshman is spend the rest of Elul saying, how much more have I walked on my own shvil Versus how much have I been busy wondering what's happening on other people's paths? We have such an opportunity in today's day and age to turn away from wondering what's happening in other people's lives. It's so much easier to know what's happening in everyone's life because of social media. Falling in love with the shvil that you have means da, every person has to know shekol haolam lo nivra ela bishvili bashvil shvili my mind knowing more about the world, even about myself, is not going to make me feel like I'm on my path. My neshama tasting more, what my life is all about, will be that which lets me walk on my shvil. And it hurts. Because when you're on the highway and you swerve and you feel those yellow bumps waking you up, as much as it hurts, you're so happy that you're not going to drive into a ditch. So as much as you're being woken up by those yellow light, those yellow dots, and thank you, Bonash Elul, thank you so much. Ow, 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 oh wow, it does hurt me. Thank you, thank. I'm so happy. All year long, I can't be happy when it hurts. I'm too confused with what God has in mind for me. Forget about what God has in mind for me. What does God have in soul for me? What does God have in, in heart for me? These words of Rabbi Nachman, together with Rabbi Shlomo's words, and Rabbi Levi Yitzchak's understanding of being of Eved Hashem, Avedas Hashem, 
should allow us to give us the moments every single day from now until Rosh Hashanah. It should last afterwards as well. But at least it's got to start from here. I want to go back to the beginning. This Torah should give us enough koyach to not only give tzedakah when it means nothing. Meaning, don't only work on things when they don't really matter. Have enough koyach to give yourself, to give your neshama tzedakah. But you're going into another year saying, I cannot afford to not get to know what my shviel is all about. So that by the time we have the Tkiyah Gedola, Motzei Yom Kippur, Vayipach, Ba'apach, Nishmas Chaim, I'm so in love with what God had in mind when He created me. But the truth is, Rabbi Shimon, you're right, your question is Bamakom, and exactly from your question we're going to be continuing this next piece, the teaching, in two weeks from now. And if that's not enough of a teaser to get you all come back here and learn, I don't know what is. But Bezrat Hashem will continue learning. And on the back of these pages of the Torahs that we have here, this is the daily schedule starting August 30th in the Yeshiva, over here in the back, as well as the flyer in the back, the pamphlet for Chazon Shlomo, the Smicha program, which will be starting in Cheshvan. There's one here, and there's a bunch in the back over there. And there's a lot, a lot going to be going on this year. So stay tuned, keep the hearts open, and we should have many more opportunities to get closer to each other. Amen.